1: my god hello welcome to pod mavericks after dark i'm kirk henderson tonight i am joined by matthew phillips regular contributor over at mavsmoneyball.com josh is out for the night uh he picked a doozy
2: to miss matt how are you uh i am wonderful that was a wild and crazy game i am i almost
1: feel like you ever go out a little too hard and then you kind of power through you're tired and you're just like i need to go to bed but i shouldn't because i just i need to kind of come down if and like th- th- this is as close as i've felt to to i don't know kind of the clippers games in 20 uh in 2020 in the bubble where it was just like nails on a chalkboard like fuck because you know we we beat the shit out of 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 the phoenix suns several years ago in the playoffs and then the warriors just kind of owned the mavericks like there was no it was, there was just, there was not a lot of tension relative over like a huge game series. This game for 10 minutes was the most tense experience I've had in the Mavericks game in a long time as I can remember.
2: Um, I, So AJ Lawson being an integral part of your game winning lineup attempts is uh, always, I think, going to lead to a very, a very stressful situation. But in general, I, I really enjoyed the game. Um, it was a lot of fun. You talk about being tired. I feel like the devs as a team, um, and especially Luka, this is going to go full nerd. But uh, I feel a lot like if you remember in Dragon Ball Z, when uh, Goku first fought Vegeta, when he did the <laughs> Ken attack for the first time, and then his body was just shredded. He was exhausted. Um, I feel like that's how Luka was throughout the game. Like At the end, he was just completely out of gas. And I mean, he played 46 minutes it's it's obviously no way that, to not be out of gas but that's what i thought of immediately it was just him being just man he that was an epic effort on his part and and on the mass part as a whole and uh, uh, it's just sad to see him come up a little short
1: well, so if, if you're a casual Mavs fan or a fan who took Saturday night off because you wanted to watch some college football or do something a little different, because once you saw the injury report that half the Mavericks team was out, I mean, it was Kyrie, it was Dante Exum, it was Tim Hardaway Jr. And Josh Green and Maxie Kleber. So really, that's five theoretic rotation players. If you would have checked out for this game, wouldn't have blamed you. Uh, Josh did. Cause he was like, all right, well, I have the opportunity to go do something with my wife and I'm, I'm just going to kind of check out. And you know, what we, what we tend to do in these games is try to give like a brief recap of what happened. You wrote the recap tonight. And I'll just sort of summarize your recap for you. Mavericks, not very good uh, in the first half. And then really through the first, I don't know, uh, 36 to 38 minutes of the game. Um, the, the Oklahoma city shunder, thunder shot the hell out of the ball from beyond the arc, which was really, you know, Call it what you will. My favorite was Brian Damaris after the game saying, well, you know, Derek Lively did a good job protecting the paint. The Mavericks only gave up 42 there. Yes, but that's because they were getting shelled from beyond the arc for most of the contest. Um, and it really was was something else to, to the point to where I think you probably had a fully written recap. You were probably about 400 words in and you're like, I'm ready to turn this in. And then, you know, why don't you walk us through. Uh, what the hell happened when the Mavericks came back? Because I I don't think I can accurately describe it.
2: So actually, I wrote I've wrote three recaps for this game because I wrote a <laughs> the Mavs lost all out. The, I I had written the Mavs lose by twenty. And they just didn't have the horses tonight. Everybody was hurt. Uh, they made the one run, and then Jaden Hardy happened at the end of the third quarter. So then I wrote another one where the Mavs have this epic comeback win. Uh, Big Papa Doncic is a thing, uh, all of this stuff, like everything's exciting. And then I wrote the actual recap, which is both of those things happened and they still lost. Uh, to me, the biggest point of the turnaround of the, of the 30 to nothing run, which was just incredible to behold, but the biggest part of it was, um, obviously, AJ Lawson made the two above the break threes. But to me, mm-hmm. yeah. the most important part of that wasn't him making the threes. It was the next position when the Thunder overreacted. And so on the, like they had been trapping Luca the whole game, which it's very rare for teams to trap an NBA player for an entire game. Simply. It was the whole game. You're not kidding. Like it's literally the whole game. The closest thing I've seen to it is, I mean, I've seen Luca get trapped before, but this wasn't like just to clarify to people who maybe didn't see the whole game. This wasn't Luca calls for a screen. And then both of the people in the pick and roll go with Luca. This was when Luca crosses half court, two defenders come to him for virtually the whole game. And the only time I've really ever seen that is James Harden and his peak back in Houston. Um, It was, it was crazy. And I think Luca did a really good job of, of accepting the doubles and allowing Lively to play in space out of that. Like he accepted the doubles and made the play before the play in a way that I really haven't seen him do at times because he gets really, really, he wants to be the guy that makes play. And he made some wild passes today. Like he had a couple that, that, his shooters miss so they won't end up on highlight reels but he had some wild passes that were just amazing and uh, so anyway get back to what I was talking about. So they're doubling AJ Lawson makes two above the break threes. The the Thunder then and they had been letting people shoot the whole game and the map had like uh Dennis had shot some and they had looked horrible. Uh Grant Williams had shot some and they looked horrible. Um just the whole team had shot. Well AJ Lawson made two and then the whole team came over and they adjusted and they rotated up to Lawson and left and left Seth Curry wide open in the corner. And Curry made a three. And then after that, it really put – the Thunder really started rotating to shooters, which truly put them in rotation for the first time in the game. Because they had – I mean, both teams the, – the dirty secret of this game is in the first half, both teams were getting wide open threes. It was just a matter of the Thunder had better shooters shooting theirs. And I know it's fun to be like, oh, shooting variance, shooting variance, that like, – most of the Thunder threes in the first half, nobody was in the picture. Like they mm-hmm. were so wide open and they're all, and most of the people that are making them are good shooters. So then the Mavs started making those. And then they got a couple of Luca drives and then they got lively finishes and they got some offensive rebounds because the Thunder were so spaced out and the Thunder were shell shocked. And I want to say they took three timeouts during that run. Like it's very rare that you get a, th- because there's either there's either two or three but it's it's very rare that you get multiple timeout runs Mm -hmm. but i mean i I remember a few during the carlisle luca maverick
1: era where we were just like because third quarters were constant pain but yeah that that was they were trying to pull themselves out of it this was not a we're asleep at the wheel for three minutes it was i mean how long was the run I, i gotta i had the i had the game thing pulled up but um it was it was it was incredible. One thing I want I want you to keep going, but one thing that that is pretty incredible about this is you're talking about the Luca passes. One thing I just kept laughing about in the first quarter was, or first most of the game was, the Thunder were perfectly happy letting Derek Jones Jr. shoot threes. That is an ideal outcome when that team is on the floor, where Luca's kicking out to him or Derek Lively's passing out to him. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. previous high three point sh- shot attempt games. He had a nine three point game earlier this year. He had one in twenty twenty, and then he had two games er- uh, earlier than that with eight three point attempts. He had twelve tonight, and was pretty fucking awesome. I mean, he had uh, damn it. I just I just pulled uh, clicked away from his numbers too. Yeah, he shot fifty percent. I mean, without his contributions, I mean, it was it was just really incredible to where. The Thunder were perfectly happy selling out on, uh, like, Luca and everybody else and hoping that the other Mavericks would beat him. And the other Mavericks
2: damn near did. Yeah, like, it was, it was insane. I mean, Luca obviously also went full on, you know supernova super saiyan whatever whatever you want to call it like he went absolutely nuts he had i think 36 15 and 18 which just sounds fake especially that's not you, real yeah especially when you realize and two steals and two blocks and one of those blocks was a really big block in that run where he rotated down to be the low man um, it, was a, and, it was a very easily had
1: he mistimed where where he places his hands he could have been called for a hack because it was from behind and kind of almost from across. And refs love to give guys the benefit of the doubt in that situation because it usually is a foul. But he blocked the hell out of the ball.
2: Yeah, and I mean, that's that's one of the things with Luca is – I mean, he really is – We I mean, you don't talk about Luca as a wingspan guy just because of, I mean, how he's built. He's obviously a little thicker. Um, I, right. joked in the, I joked in the thing that he's always had a dad bod. Now he's a dad. Mm. But uh, he uh, – like, you don't think about it, but I mean, he's got – the seven-ish foot wingspan, and I mean, he's he's a bigger guy, obviously, and so he used that to rotate. I think whenever the Mavs are at their best, he's going to be a power forward defensively eventually. Um, so, I mean, going through that, like it was just funny, and then it was it was so deflating just because you could see how much energy they used. I, what really killed them, in my opinion, is that, and I guess we'll go. This is going to be where I'm going to start going negative, and I don't mean to upset Jason Kidd, but. Um, that's it's a necessary part of this game to discuss. They made the big run in the third to get it down to I believe they were down nine, yeah. And then Jaden Hardy happened, and I've seen a lot of stuff on on Twitter that was Jaden Hardy and Dwight Powell. And Dwight Powell wasn't good, but it was Jaden Hardy's been bad this year, man. Yeah, he, he, is, he was. Yeah. he was especially bad there. Um That doesn't mean it's he did make some worst. nice
1: passes tonight, but overall that stretch was really bad
2: for him. So we've uh we've always called him a hooper and everything and we talk about that and he is a hooper but what he's been this year is the guy in pickup basketball that thinks he's the best player on the court that dribbles 47 and a half times in a possession and then you know holds the ball for like 35 seconds in a pickup game and does all that and then shoots and it's just that everybody hates to play with um not because he's super anything else but he just he can't beat people off the dribble. has been his biggest problem this year. Is he can't no. beat anyone. And he really sure thinks him. he can't. There were multiple possessions in this game where he had Chet Holmgren with a uh, live dribble and everything, and he, he just couldn't do anything. Like, it didn't work. He was in jail. Um, no, because he doesn't the- He doesn't have a good first step, and his handle is loose. Yeah, and I've I seen a bunch of the chat mention um, the travel at the end. Yes. It, sucked. it, was, it was a travel. <laughs> I want to talk about two things. Yes, it was a travel. Yes, it happens hundred times a game, and if you're going to call it, that's a rough spot to call it. And yes, Jalen Williams traveled on the next play, did exactly the same thing. All of that yeah. stuff being said, there was a point in this game where the Mass had like a 34 to 11 free throw shooting advantage. This is I am absolutely the king of the refs suck. The rest, the rest screwed Dallas. Yada <laughs> yada. That is. This is not the game for that. No. The refs quietly kept Dallas. To the extent that they were in the game for large portions of this game. The refs kept Dallas in this game.
1: I think that's true. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just,
2: it, it's a, it's, it's a rough call. It's annoying. It was a travel. It, it is what it is. Like, it's just, it is what it is. That that's not, that should not be a talking point. What should be a talking point that I've seen mentioned in the chat. And I feel is a very important thing going through going forward is the Derek lively development. The most important thing is what he showed today is a skill that I haven't really seen from him at any level, he's always been a good short roll passer. Like he showed flashes of that I think I did his write up for the, uh, before yep. when he was a prospect before we drafted him. And I mentioned his passing in that he's, he's had that, he had several good passes early in this game where I don't think he had any assists. Cause I think the shooters missed all of them. Yeah, but he had he good. Passing. Yeah. He was, he was good at moving the ball. Mm-hmm. But what he, what he showed today as a counter to that is he the ability to score with force from the initial short roll. So a lot of times, like, there's one thing for a for screen and roll big to be a guy who can set a screen and then dive to the rim and catch lobs. Like, he's shown that he can do that. He has a ginormous wingspan. Uh, Luca loves throwing him lobs. Like, he, he's shown that. Like, he's established that skill. What he showed in this game that is a new thing and potentially a very eye-opening skill for him is the dunk on Chet and then the other play later in the game. Like, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was sometime in the 4th where he caught the ball. He caught the ball in both of those plays, probably 12-ish feet from the basket. He looked to score. He looked and to then, score. I know which ones you're talking about. And then one dribble got to the rim. One was the big dunk mm-hmm. on Chet, and then the other one was like a lefty layup, I believe. And just both of those, if he has the ability to be able to score from the initial short roll, like if he can get to the rim and score from there, that is an absolutely huge development because it's just another option to go to. It basically takes the place of a post game. Like a lot of times, we talk about players that are big as the ability to develop a post game as a way to uh, to counter switches right. and stuff like that. That is a big thing for him. And then obviously all the blocks and points and rebounds. Like he was great. Well, what was so interesting was I
1: remember thinking he kicked one out to um, Olivier Maxon's Prosper at one point, and and it was on a short roll. And I remember th- I think I typed it to my friend Tyler on Twitter, and I said. I need him to attack the rim. I just need like don't pass it to a guy who like shoots oh like I'm sorry like Max, oh Max I'm going to love him one day. Oh Max played hard today when he was out there, but Oh Max can't shoot. It's a trebuchet. It's terrifying. Um I you never know where the ball's going to go when he shoots it. And I just remember thinking, all right, I just I need him to try. To you know, he might not get it, but I need him to try. And then he started trying that game you know, the oops are incredible because, you know, that a lot of that is Luca's manipulation of stuff and him going to the right space. But the ability to make the decision to attack the rim, not commit charges, at least he didn't tonight, and, you know, either lay it in, dunk the bejesus out of it because he really is wildly athletic. Some of the plays he makes, oh my God. I mean, that was, that was just easily, you know, Luca's. Lucas game is what it is if you're not enthused by it because you know it's it's maddening that he needed to do that much you know okay but I really loved watching Omax play tonight um I I not Omax uh lively and and that's just so much you know the chat is quite rightfully really excited about it it just goes back you know if if some of the bigs they've had over the years, it it makes you frustrated that that's what they settled for when there are guys out there. Like one of the players who I I think uh, multiple people really wanted to pair with Luca for years was John Collins. And he was making like the John Collins, you know, second and third year decision type stuff where he was, I mean, looking like an all-star. Like I, 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 it seems a little silly. I mean, I'm so, I'm, I'm really enthusiastic about it lively right now because just him and Chet Holmgren bringing the American big man back to the forefront. I mean, I just I couldn't
2: couldn't be more excited about
1: that guy after this game.
2: Yeah, like he I mean, to me he he probably like Luka's brilliant. Okay, that's like, you know, News at 11. Um that's that's a thing that's just a just to be expected. So I mean, you don't want to take it too for granted. But lively obviously is a very important development for the Mavs future. Um he also had a kick out to Grant that Luca talked to him about afterwards and was like, just go up, man. He's like, just go try to finish it. And he was nine and nine from the field. So obviously he made all those. I think he was two of five from the free throw line. But when you talk about him being wildly athletic, he is obviously wildly athletic. But I think perhaps even more important than that is that he's he's extremely coordinated, which I don't think that gets enough credit for how important that is for people. Like JaVale McGee is a wild athlete. Like JaVale Mm -hmm. McGee is an absolutely insane athlete as far as his size and ability to run and jump and all that stuff. Like he's top tier in the history of the world as far as people that size and that athletic, but he's not coordinated. And that's why he ends up doing a bunch of crazy stuff. And he ends up looking like a spider with uh, roller skates on. Um, But he – Lively can control his limbs, and that's that's one of the things that's always made Gobert impressive. That's one of Gobert's primary skills, and Lively has that too, where he's just his body is under control, and so that is what is very important to me. Is that and his whole game's under control too. Like I was, my major concern with him was I thought he would commit seven billion fouls this season. I didn't mm-hmm. think he was able to play, not because I didn't think. Like I trust kid to develop young players, especially young. Like that's just. That's one of kids' strengths. This kid has done well with young players. But what I was concerned with was I thought he would foul a ton. I also thought, you know, speaking of things that can be developments going forward, today was the most aggressive he's been defensively as far as actually going for blocks. The Mavs have done a ton of things where they they funnel stuff to him. But it's also – it's been a little incongruous because they funneled plays to him, but Lively has also clearly been taught, like, don't foul above all else. And today I thought he did a really good job of being aggressive without fouling, and he had six or seven blocks. I'm not sure, depending on which way the box score showed it. I think
1: six. Nice, but really just great challenges. Just – I mean, do you think he outplayed Chet? Be honest.
2: Um, I do, but also – like, Chet's really good, man. Oh, my like God. I, I mean, like, Chet was good today, too. Chet was good in a different way. Um Chet's, like, scared. Club Chet, club Chet's, club.
1: Chet's terrifying. Like, Chet is a guy on his own where I'm like, oh, no, that guy's a problem.
2: To me, Chet it, is, is, I mean, we're going to not go into one of my other things. But to me, Chet's clearly been the, the rookie of the year so far. Rookie it's of the year, like, for sure. I yeah, I close. think it's true. Um, but... He's he was he was really good today too. I think he had four or five blocks. Had eleven I mean, points,
1: eleven boards, five blocks, three assists, and a steal. Yeah, I mean that's also, a lot. Yeah. Those two, like the the statistical impact is right there. But like, talk about a battle of of future bigs. Like my goodness, I just love I just,
2: it. I'm just glad that we have someone that can compete on that level. Speaking of Chet and his blocks, but man, AJ, especially after you've made a couple, just let it fly, buddy. Don't don't go in and and just serve up blocks for Chet. Uh, that that ended up being a really important part of the game. Like you can't complain about AJ Lawson. This was I was getting ready to type that this was the AJ Lawson game. That was part of my second uh, recap. Was you know hey this is the AJ Lawson game. Like we've had the Raven Felton game and the Corey Brewer games throughout the years, but uh, this was going to be the AJ Lawson game and then it kind of fell apart at the end. Uh, also right. on on negative ends, um, the fact that kid went with the decision to close with AJ Lawson over Grant. And more importantly, that it was the correct decision to correct. do so. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Uh, that's, a, that's a very concerning thing. Like, Grant hasn't been good for a while. I know he, he played pretty well last night. I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch the game. No, he's, uh, he,
1: he shot himself out of his slump. He did not play well. Like, he made a decision tonight. Like, Grant Williams can't jump over a phone book. And he made a decision on a fast break tonight to challenge Chet at the rim, got his shit thrown back in his face, and then whined about it to
2: the ref. And it's like, how about you don't do the dumb thing? Yeah, it's um, you know, what are you doing? I actually it's also funny. Um, something uh that I thought was amusing is so the Mavs were were like just crying out for any type of way to create offense other than Luca Doncic's pick and roll. Um because you know, and, and obviously to be fair, um with Kyrie Irving and Tim Hardaway Jr., they're second and third best offensive players out of the game, it makes sense. Yeah, but uh, it makes sense for them to struggle. Like if you take that, that much shot creation out of anyone's lineup, obviously they're gonna have problems. But the one play in the first half where we we had like a Grant 17 dribble possession where he like dribbled it up from the lane, posted, did like four spin moves and then got packed, but also he could get fouled. But you got I was just like please though please. on that. That looked like that. Did you see that play flying
1: around in college yesterday where the guy blocked the shot? The, the the most the disrespectful guy
2: who, block in the history of basketball, and <laughs> then Twitter. threw the
1: ball at him on the ground. Like that's yeah, what happened yeah. to Grant Williams. There only he got fouled. Like it was. I I I'm not gonna pile on Grant throughout the season because I think he's just a connecting piece. But he, since he, he got he, well he he plays too big for his britches just to be quite candid, like he goes out and throws his chest around and talks a lot of shit. And then what did he do tonight? Let's go see here. He was one for six with one rebound and one assist. Congratulations. Like, no, I, I'm saying, yeah. you know, anyway, I, I, I have to shill for a second. So it's we're I, I try to do this around the 12 minute mark, but you and I were having too much fun. Um, if you guys could do me a favor and go ahead and like the stream. And if you could leave a comment on this particular video, After we're done, just go to the bottom of it. Leave me a note. I like reading those things. Even if you tell me you hate me, uh, shout out to the guy from a couple days ago who said that Josh and I must be angling for jobs with the Mavericks. I will never forget that. You are my favorite YouTube commenter because um, they don't like me very much over there. So I'm doing a very good job uh, trying to get a job. Um, If you could also consider subscribing, we try to do a lot of these shows. Uh, I have a newborn baby as well, uh, like Luca and... um, Dante Exum and so some nights are a little more chaotic than others so I as while I usually try to do two live shows after every game I've been pretty lax about it definitely gonna do one tonight though because I want to hear people's takes on things we got a couple uh, folks in the chat who I help come along who are really pissed and I want to talk to them and I want to you know because I kind of come out of this game um
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
3: you know if i would have applied myself i could have gone to the nba you think so yeah i think so but it's just like it's been done you know i didn't want to i was like i don't want to be a follower hi i'm jason concepcion and i'm shea serrano and we are back Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
1: Well, yeah, all right. So, so let's get back to, to talking about the Mavericks here. I come out of this game um, very... It was a great game. I take nothing away else away from it. Like... I You know, Lively looks good, but I don't take any team constructs away from that because their defensive principles are still bad. Uh, they played a lot of zone and that flex, that flustered the thunder. They're not going to do that game to game. Um, their offense is still, you know, it's either you hit some threes, Derek Jones is going to cut to the rim on occasion. It's either Kyrie or Luka gets, you know, gets to, gets to the inside. There's not a lot of off ball movement, whether that's on Luka or not, you know, whoever you want to blame it on. The Mavericks offense is what it is. You know, I, I I still think that by and large, if they are healthy, they will win five and a half out of every 10 games. I don't know. They're going to like, there's a lot of people that still think this isn't a playoff team, but your start, your first 20 games is incredibly indicative of, of how you finish the season. The NBA has done studies on this. John Shulman at NBA.com did one several years ago. How you start the year in your first 20 tends to dictate things almost always. And the Mavericks have a brutal schedule coming up just in terms of game after game after game after game. That's going to really hurt them, I think, because they've had some real rest advantage to start the season. But if you were to tell me that, that 11, are they 11 and 8? 11 and 8 with this team is shocking compared to what I was sort of hoping for. I was hoping for 500, like period. 11 and 8 is, I'm delighted,
2: you know? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Bill Simmons talks about a lot. He calls people good, bad teams, um, which is teams who are what he means when he says good, bad teams, which I hear him talk about it more for football than basketball. But when he talks about it for football, what he means is a team that it's a team that's a bad team, but they're better than all the other bad teams. So they beat all of the bad teams. And I think the Mats have a lot of that in them now. Um, I, I'm not comfortable calling the Mats a bad team right now. Um, I still think there's some potential for other things. I, I think Omax will develop through the year. Um, I don't know how important he'll be this year. Um, but I'm hopeful for some stuff by the end of by the end of the regular season that he is at least semi-useful. Um, I think Lively will continue to develop and and so on. And Luca and Kyrie, obviously Kyrie will be back health, healthy at some point. But the Mavs are gonna beat well, bad he, teams. I yeah, mean no, as, long, as long as you're beating bad teams, that gives you a lot. Yeah
1: of like, that's why last night's loss sucked <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and i think also i i think luca like his stats don't necessarily reflect it because they were they were obviously otherworldly like his stats are always going to be otherworldly that's a that's a product of his combination of talent and role but i i think he's materially better this year um i think he's been better defensively he's not great this was also by the way for random things that are true that sound like a lack Luca is every bit the bad transition defender that he gets uh that people on the internet talk about him being. Oh yeah. Oh, this yeah. was his best this was his best transition defensive game of his career. Um, Why? What was he doing? Uh well one he had two blocks in transition. Um he blocked a oh. three in transition, and he blocked a layup in transition. That was, the three transition was hard. hilarious. Yeah, he actually got back He ran hard. Like his effort level in this game was unreal. He can't he can't sustain 46 minutes of that level of effort every night. Like it's just, he'll fall apart by like game 30, but he, he tried so hard. He played hard. And for the most part now, partially that's because, you know, he had shot 14 free throws in the first three quarters, but for the most part, he wasn't really complaining other than I think he complained once um, before the travel at the end. So it's, he really was like, he was back. Like his, his effort to me was noticeable in getting back, which maybe that's just because of how noticeable it often is, in a negative light, so for today, like especially, like I, I really noticed that he got back a lot, and then just looking at them, I think they'll be bad teams. I think their offense is not pretty in the sense that it's not like a beautiful game Spurs movement from like the twenty fourteen or something like that. But the offense gets the right kind of shots for the most part. They get they get threes. Um, Luka can still get to the rim. Kyrie can get to the rim. I just, I, I just really think. And I think Luke is better defensively. Like he's I mean, he's not. I know they made a big point of talking about how great he's been defensively this year the other day. He hasn't been great. Like that that's not he's a, been
1: he's held up in ISO spots where he used to be like um where he used to just basically like escort someone to the rim and allow them to score. And and it's yeah, like he's, he's gone from being terrible to being I don't hate it, <laughs> and like that's kind of good. Defender, me.
2: Like, and and he's always been a guy that when he wants to defend for a possession for a few possessions late, he can score. Like, it's not, it's the dirty secret is that most stars at his level, like, aren't that great defensively, like not because they're not good defensively but because they don't try. Like it's just, there's a limit. You have a turbo meter limit like a video game and you just, you can't use it all the time. And so like, it's just, it's not going to be a thing for him to ever be a lockdown defender. Like he's not ever going to be an all NBA defender. But he's been, I would say, on on balance, I would say he's been basically an average NBA defender this year, which, relative to what he was last year, is a huge win. Yeah, and Alex in the chat
1: says, "Luca is a good defender. I will die on this hill. Well, most... NBA players at superstar levels most are capable of being good defenders just because you're not it's almost impossible to be that good offensively without knowing what you're supposed to do defensively being able to do it and having the repetitions and sort of the muscle memory to do it are a little bit different but Luka knows what to do he's six foot eight he's strong as an ox if he just tries a little bit he's been really good at sliding his feet and taking the bump in the chest like, a lot of times when guys drive on him, and, you know, in the past, the first step is almost always what burns Luka, at least last year. And so watching him try now, it's not good, but it works. And it's it's good enough some nights. Um, there are times, though, like the Memphis – no, it wasn't the Memphis game. Was it the Rockets game? There, there have been a couple of games recently where it's really gotten bad. It might have been the Clippers. I think it was actually, yeah, that, that Clippers game out there in Los Angeles where they looked like they had had a great yeah. time. He
2: struggled against the defensively.
1: like not it was games, and so I don't know. Um, I got a, a guy in the chat with me seventeen arguing that Lively is skinny as shit. I like you can argue with me. I've stood next to him in person. Okay, I've stood next to the guy in person. I played with seven footers in high school. He weighs two hundred and thirty pounds. Like Dirk weighed two hundred and forty. I don't know. Like, why are we arguing about this? He's not. He's not a little guy. Like, like you can trust me because I've
2: seen it. I've been there. You haven't. Please stop. Well, the thing about that is, most, I mean, so most NBA players are super skinny compared to most yes. regular athletes. Like this, because Tyson the NBA Chandler was like he was rail thin yeah. in person. Yeah, I mean, like outside of like LeBron and Zion and Luca, generally speaking, most NBA players are are very skinny. Like especially me, like I'm I'm a very large person. Um, and he, uh, so it's a uh, it's weird to me. Like, so if you're talking like normal person. Sure. Okay. He's skinny, but like he's bigger than like you mentioned Tyson. He's bigger than Tyson was. Well, the I mean, the argument is likely, and
1: I'm I'm not necessarily following this, but the the argument is probably can Luke can lively guard Embiid, uh, Gobert, and maybe like a Carl Towns and a Jokic. Um, and the answer to that question right now is no.
3: But Super neither full. can anybody
1: else guard Jokic or Embiid. It doesn't matter. You have to be able to be a, a set of resistance for a certain period of time. That's the goal. Like, you just, like, you don't want to die. That That's what
2: well, I'm Dwight, that like, Watching White Powell
1: just get murdered is not fun for me. So, yeah, sorry. The answer,
2: the answer to that question... No, you're good. The answer to that question as to who can he guard those people, Embiid, resounding no. Jokic, no. resounding, like, the no. most resounding possible note. uh gobert yes carl anthony towns i say yes i mean the greatest shooter the greatest shooting big band of all time uh he's a self-check at the game i, I want to
1: see it now because like like lively got that rude uh in a uh, rude um in what do you want to call it awakening when the first two games he played as an nba player in preseason over in abu dhabi were against carl towns and rudy gobert where lively's probably been the biggest player on the court in every game of his life up until then And then he had to go against that guy on Real Madrid who was seven foot four. Um, And then he had like, it was just like watching lively come of age has been really delightful. Um, And, and
2: yeah, I see a hardwood proxim in the chat. Two things. One on the uh, plus minus stats today is a great example of why on off is not that great of a predictor because Lucas on off was negative, but that's because he played the whole game and they lost and he absorbed the negative minutes from Jaden Hardy. Oh, he did. Like, well,
1: he was pretty negative at a certain point in the game, though. Yeah. Like, he was, like, a negative 17. But, the, you know, but that's why you don't use it. Like, the, the the fact that he finished negative seven is largely because the last six points happened. <laughs> like, you would have been pretty yeah. even for the game, but yeah.
2: Yeah, but that's my point, though, is it, it's dependent. Like, uh, the vast majority of that negative is the negative 17 in Jaden Hardy's minutes because they were also all in Lucas minutes. Um, sure. And then the... <laughs> The other part of that is, just to clarify, I am not at all implying that Luka Zion and LeBron have similar body types. I am simply saying that they are all trying to say that yeah. they are the same body types.
1: No, Well, I mean, that's what makes the NBA so ridiculous to watch on a night-in-night-out basis, because you get to watch these guys that all really do look so different. Um, for the longest time, I jokingly wanted Talon Horton Tucker to be a Maverick, just so him and Luca could be like the round mounds of rebound, like destroying people as they barreled down the lane over and over again. Um,
2: if Grant yeah, Williams well, get one rebound, that could do that. But it's kind well, of yeah. to get one rebound.
1: No, no, for sure. Well, um, do we have anything like we could probably meander and talk about all sorts of things with this game? Do we have anything else that we want to really hit on that we haven't done yet?
2: Um, just the only other thing, and I mean, you mentioned it earlier is I just, I wouldn't take too much away from this game just because of how much they were missing, um, both in a good and a bad way, because the thought process is immediately, you know, Hey, the Mavericks were missing Kyrie and Tim Hardaway Jr. And that really hurts the offense and all of this. And that's true. But on the other side of that is missing Kyrie and Tim Hardaway Jr. Also means that you're missing them as defenders, which is a positive on that end as well. So it kind of, it kind of goes both ways. Um. Obviously you miss more offensively than you than you lose defensively, at least with Kyrie. So but that is just something it's it it just makes them completely different. I'm not saying better or worse. It just makes them completely different not to have them. And especially Kyrie, it does make them worse not to have
1: them. I, I, I do think we owe it to ourselves. To painfully acknowledge the Latvian laser just pouring in, sixteen points in eleven minutes, three of three from beyond the arc, including six free throws from stupid Mavs fouls. Guess how many points the Mavericks lost by? Six points. Congratulations on fouling Davis Bertons. To be clear, um, he uh, well, the he second one the might have been. like you don't get your hand yeah. in the pocket like that, like Seth did. I, I that was that one looked rough, but it's still. It's uh you know, you just go through that that thunder roster and you're like, Man, I like those guys. I like all those guys. They had eight was-
2: people scoring double figures tonight. Eight people that, I mean, like the mouse had five, I think, but it's they had eight people scoring double figures. Like, that's just they're way deeper. Like you look at them, and it's a it's a a fact of life that they are I don't want to put the I mean that they've had more bites at the apple from the the way they chose to build the team and the way the team came together. As far as the first round picks and the Paul George trade and all of that good stuff. And then oh. the Sam Presti just ultra processing. But yeah, I mean, like if you look at them, they've got, you know, first round pick. Like everyone on their team is a first round pick, basically. Like everyone. And the Mavs have Luka and Kyrie. Hey, and- L-
1: Lugans Dort was not a first round pick. And that dude, did you see the like? It was almost like a Dirk Nowitzki. Fade away the, the super high one. Oh the my super god, yeah. I was that like, was when I was like, This game is over, and that was like the sixth shot of the game. I'm like, Okay, this is and then I
2: continued to watch. So I remember, uh, very early in Dort's career, he's actually changed his three point motion a little bit, but he a used lot, to shoot, yeah, yeah. He used to shoot moon balls like his natural three used to be super high. So when he shot that, I kind of thought of that, but I was also just like, Man, if he makes that, that's going to be a rough day for Dallas, and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it ended up being. To me, like the other thing, you know, you're looking for takeaways is just, man, we're all fans of this team. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy the game. I mean, I know they lost um, and everything, but you you got to watch a ton of different things. You got to watch Luca go supernova. Lively, you get to look at it for the future. Like, just enjoy the ride, man. Like, this team isn't going to win a title. Like, I yep. I want to be positive, but I can't I can't say that. Like, they're not going to win a title. So if you if you're looking for something as a fan, I don't want to tell anybody how to be a fan. I'm not trying to get, nope. keep how to be a fan. But just enjoy the ride, man. Enjoy the lively dunks. Enjoy Luca being special. Enjoy some of the passes Luca threw tonight, even though they led to misses. Just enjoy watching the game if you can find it. If you can get the ability to watch it.
1: I think that's right. All right, man. My wife is uh, telling me I need to wrap this up, so I'm going to go do that. Guys, I'm going to go relocate in my house and head downstairs, uh, and we'll do our other live show. Thanks so much for hanging out. This has been uh, Pod Mavericks After Dark been kirk henderson and matthew phillips matt thanks so much for joining us uh i think that's it everybody thanks so much and we'll see you in a few minutes or see you next week uh, or later on in the week when the maps play go Mavs!